Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader, audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. This is the conundrum I and many people I respect in the media face on a regular basis. When someone, athlete, media person, fan, does something that smacks of an attention grab, do we give in and pay it attention? even if it's to call it out for what it is, an attention grab? Or do we ignore it and refuse to, as Kyrie Irving might say, be a pawn or a puppet? I bring this up because we have so many examples of this phenomenon this week from a variety of outlets. There's Kyrie Irving and his cryptic tweet about taking off his mask. There are the posts of LeBron and Russell Westbrook working out together. And there's Bleacher Report's redrafting of the 2019 NBA draft. What's the genuine purpose of any of those beyond please look at me or this? None of these, though, are going to be the topic of this podcast. There's a fourth that at least has something relevant to this upcoming season or the state of basketball. That's the one that I'm going to hit. It's an attention grab, for sure, but it's in a different category. I am going to briefly touch on the previous ones that I mentioned, though. Let's start with Kyrie, who, if I put my Dr. Phil hat on, desperately wants to be seen as an intellectual. But he's not the first to confuse intellect with mystical or cryptic. 
Neil deGrasse Tyson and Malcolm Gladwell and, hell, Kendrick Lamar, for my money, can all blow my mind by making me see the world through a different lens or think about things that I never considered before. But none of them do it by making me guess at what they're trying to say. Kyrie confuses deep with muddy. The latest is his tweet that said, My mask is off. Now take yours off. No fear. That's it. That was the tweet. No other context. Now, I suspected from the very start that this had nothing to do with COVID-19. Although, I also thought there are plenty of people out there who are going to think that it is. And anyone whose goal is to inform or instruct or enlighten would understand the world we're in and the way social media works and somehow eliminate anyone from interpreting this as a statement about the current conflict over wearing masks. By not doing it, it's almost as if Kyrie wanted to see how many people would misinterpret what he was talking about. Which is not very intellectual. And which very well might have been amusing for him and anyone else who anticipated it. But beyond that, what purpose did it serve? It's not as if the idea of people living behind facades is new. Paul Lawrence Dunbar, a black poet, wrote, We wear the mask in 1896. Maya Angelou later adapted it. I'm guessing, don't know, but I'm guessing that Kyrie Irving probably aware of that poem or those two poets. At least he should be. And maybe he was in some way referencing them. Well, without doing that, without acting like you're operating on this idea on your own, you're veering toward plagiarism. You're certainly not recognizing the people who first gave you the idea. Besides, Billy Joel released an album in 1977 with a title song called The Stranger that addressed the same thing. Now, that would be 15 years before Kyrie was born. I'm going to give him a pass on not knowing that one for a variety of reasons. Even though intellectuals generally study the history of any subject they decide to give an opinion on. And if indeed Kyrie was aware of Paul Lawrence Dunbar and Maya Angelou, then I would hope that he would have referenced them. But there's others. Beauty and the Beast, Phantom of the Opera, opera literal or figurative, this idea of people wearing masks, it's hardly a new idea. So, in this case, if Kyrie is going to use the metaphor, it would help to know specifically why. What facade has Kyrie dropped? And what facade would he like his social media followers to discard themselves? What, in short, is the point? If that is, Kyrie wants not just to be heard, but understood. The purpose of the photos of LeBron and Westbrook working out, distributed by the Lakers, is clear. Our encumbered star and our new star are already hard at work. I have no problem with the Lakers putting it out there. They know by now how much LeBron loves having his workouts advertised on social media, so beyond making their fans happy and optimistic, they're also catering to a particular audience of one. It's not news that LeBron and Russ 
are gym rats or conditioning nuts. Nor does it mean those two are getting a jump on anyone else just because Paul George and Jimmy Butler and Steph Curry and Damian Lillard are not putting out photos or workout videos. They just don't have reason to put any propaganda out there because no one has suggested they are too old or past their prime, at least not yet. Now, if a photo or short video clip from a workout is enough to disprove those suggestions to you, well, you have at it. We'll find out soon enough whether they're too old or past their prime, and it won't be via social media. The Lakers also inadvertently raised an uncomfortable question with their photos and videos. Not just of Russ and LeBron, but Malik Monk and Talon Horton Tucker and Here's the uncomfortable question they raised. Where was Anthony Davis? AD being right there alongside Russ and LeBron would have been newsworthy because whether Lakers fans are aware of it or not, AD inside the organization doesn't have the reputation of being a gym rat or a conditioning freak. Immensely talented, usually in shape, doesn't have the same drive as LeBron James or Russ Westbrook. Now, I still wouldn't want to make too much of AD being there from a few photos and video clips, but that's something, knowing the inside story on the team, that would at least pique my interest. Finally, there's Bleacher Report's redrafting of the 2019 NBA draft based on what the players have done in their first two years in the league. Kind of. I mean, I guess that's what it's based on. It's kind of hard to tell because of how the players are ordered and the explanation for why they were where they were. And technically, it's not a redrafting because that would take some real work. And I loved in the intro, basically the author said, yeah, that would be a real redrafting. We weren't going to do that. That was too much work. Because matching up team needs with the players they would have drafted based on what they know now to fill those needs. Now, I'm telling you, I don't know that I would want to do it. It would take a lot of work. But that would have some real value. That, to me, would be truly interesting. Because it would set up the possibility of, hey, maybe they'll trade for one of these guys. If you heard a trade rumor for instance, like a team looks at its need and it took the wrong guy and the guy that they should have taken suddenly becomes available as a free agent or on the trade market or whatever, you'd think, oh, well, they got a second bite of the apple. Maybe they'll go for him this time. That would have been valuable. That would have made that uh, redrafting list valuable. This really is just a power ranking of the players. And here's the thing. It's based almost exclusively on statistics. As if statistics aren't going to favor players on bad teams who have outsized roles for exactly how good they are. Players like Darius Garland for the Cavs, or P.J. Washington for Charlotte, or even R.J. Barrett for the Knicks. And my biggest issue is that it practically dismisses whether or not the best players helped get their teams to the playoffs or failed or players in general and how they performed in the postseason, which 
is the truest litmus test of a player's value, current or future. Now, generally, players that have only been in the league a year or two don't get the opportunity to perform in the playoffs, at least not at the top of the draft. They're usually going to bad teams. So when they do get that chance, or when they are the reason that that team is now in the playoffs, that is valuable. That means that player is a keeper. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Zion Williamson is retained as the no-brainer first pick in the redrafting, even though he has yet to sniff the playoffs while the number two, John Morant, has already led his team there and very possibly would have done it twice had the pandemic not mucked the works. And played like a true franchise player when he did get to the playoffs. Point being, a case can be made, a very strong one, that after two years, John Morant deserves to be at the top of the power rankings, has demonstrated that he deserved to be the number one pick. I'd say Terrence Mann deserves to be a lot higher than 16th. Same with Cam Johnson at 10th. Meanwhile, Matisse Thibel has no business being 4th. Tyler Hero being 5th. And Garland being 6th. Not if we're considering contributions at both ends and weighting playoff performance over regular season for those who have had the chance to show what they can or can't do in the postseason. But the topic I really want to dig into is the report that Rich Paul, agent for Anthony Davis and LeBron James, head of the Clutch Agency, was running around at the draft combine in Chicago telling other agents that AD and LeBron are ready to play the four and five this season, power forward and center. This whole story raises far more questions than it answers. First of all, I've never known player agents to hang out or huddle or chat each other up beyond when they have felt compelled to do so during a collective bargaining agreement in an attempt to marshal their collective influence and power. I was not at the draft combine in Chicago. So maybe something extraordinary happened or there's been some recent massive sea change in agent behavior that I'm not aware of. But I had one agent who was there tell me it did not happen and that Rich Paul is the last agent that any other agent would engage with because he's viewed as trying to steal everyone's clients. Understand this. Other agents are appalled at the labeling of Rich Paul as a genius by various media outlets. Now, I'm I'm sure a certain degree of that is jealousy or envy. 
but I've had enough conversations with agents to know that while they may be rivals, the best ones respect each other's work. Same goes for GMs. Same goes for players. Same goes for pretty much any line of work. If you went strictly by cover stories or media, I'd think you'd put Rich Paul in that circle, maybe even at the top of it. And I can assure you the agents themselves would not. The second part is this. The draft combine was June 22nd. The Lakers subsequently signed Dwight Howard on August 6th and DeAndre Jordan on September 9th. If LeBron and AD are moving to the power positions, the Lakers didn't get the memo. Third part. LeBron isn't giving up the ball, even with Russ Westbrook on the team. He may not be listed at point guard as he was last season, but rest assured, he will still be a point forward and he will not be playing primarily below the free throw line. It would also or almost make more sense if Russ played below the free throw line because at this stage of his career, I'd argue he's a better post-up player, particularly against guards, than he is a three-point shooter. The fourth part, it's pretty well documented that AD doesn't like playing center. If he had some massive change of heart, that would be incredible news. I would think the Lakers would be aware of it and shape their roster accordingly. Now, will he play center for stretchers, particularly at the end of games? Sure, I can see that. And will LeBron at times catch the ball on the post and operate like a playmaking power forward on the block? Sure, he's been doing that too. I mean, LeBron has technically been at the four at times, only handling the ball and initiating the offense from above the free throw line. Fifth part, LeBron can't play as a traditional power forward if Carmelo Anthony is going to get any PT because that's the only position he can still be effective playing. I'm not going to put it on, I believe it was Jake Fisher at Bleacher Report for being the one who initially put it out there. He mentioned it on a podcast or a streaming appearance and it got picked up and widely distributed by the junior Bleacher Reports, the aggregators and pilferers of other people's content. And why? Why would they do that? Why else? For attention. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And I'm not just saying that. I'd really like you to do it. I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to find out how many stars you think that this podcast genuinely deserves. I want to know. I'm asking. In the next podcast, oh my goodness, we've got 48, 72 hours to go before that one comes to the fore. So I can't tell you right now what it is going to be about. Maybe we'll get to that Derrick Rose topic. If all else fails, we'll get to the Derrick Rose topic. This is almost like becoming the uh, Jimmy Kimmel joke at the end of every show saying that he was going to have Matt Damon on, but they just ran out of time. I'm not going to make a joke out of this. I will talk about Derrick Rose in the Hall of Fame at some point. At some point. Maybe even next week. We shall see. In the meantime, as always, 
Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.